Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. Let's do it. Let's jump into episode 205 mm-hmm. today. I really like this episode. Um, I felt like it was very relatable. I love all the episodes for the most part. I mean, just about <laughs> every single one of them is my favorite for one reason right. or another. But this one is one that I could relate to because my life doesn't necessarily look like their day-to-day sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? But this one, just the core of what it was dealing with, what is your passion? What is your dream? What are you doing with your life? Like, that was very relatable. Yeah, no, I, I totally felt that. You and I had conversations, you know, over these last couple of months recording about yeah. me personally and mm-hmm. my personal journey of finding what my goals and my dreams and aspirations are in life, you know? Like, I have, you know, things that I do, but... What am I passionate about? So right. definitely, it was very re- relatable. Yeah. And I just loved all the story, the character storylines in this episode, too. Like, every single one was fantastic. Me, too. And just, like, what it did with their dreams and how they were discovering those things and whether or not they were working out or whether it looks like it was going to be impossible or whatever. Um, but, yeah. So, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we start out this episode at Woody's, and Woody's looks different. <laughs> there are a lot of lesbians at Woody's tonight. Yes. And me and Emmett are here for these Elvis impersonating ladies. I'm here for it, too, because <laughs> for a minute, I said, oh, he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, hold up. Because I was like, okay. Oh, oh, okay. I'm here. I'm here for yeah. it. They were killing it, though. Yeah. Singing Follow That Dream. Um, Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I like Mel and Lindsay being out with the boys, and they look so cute. And I wonder if they performed something together. They probably <laughs> did, you know, knowing them. It, clearly, it was like, I felt like it was amateur karaoke night. You yeah. Know? Everybody was there. It was a packed crowd. They had on different acts and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe they probably did. But again, I'm always going to say, I love to see Lindsay and Mel together. Yeah. You know, we hardly, I'm not going to say hardly, but hardly, but. Those scenes are very few, far in between. I feel like when they're actually they two- definitely were in season one, and then now in season two, we're yes, getting a lot more of them. Absolutely, and I love it because it's not always happy and peaceful, but we know for a fact they're always going to come together. Yeah, and, and that's what I love. And yeah, well, they give us a picture of an established relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and so an established re- an established relationship is going to have different hurdles and different issues than a new budding relationship or definitely like a hookup thing or whatever. (laughs) And so we get to see a different side of life, like a a domestic life with with those two characters. Yeah. But I love the moments like this when they're just out having fun with the boys. Yeah. And that was, I mean, you get to see the happiness written all over their face. Yeah. They was having a great time with the boys and Brian being Brian as usual, the (laughs) Debbie Downer of the group. I mean, he's just real sarcastic. I mean, because he was actually in good spirits. Yeah, he um, was. But he didn't want anybody to know that. That he was happy uh, or that he was perfectly fine. He has to keep that Brian up, you know? Yeah. You know, are we not going to address the fact that Justin was 18 and he was the one offering to get another round? I I wasn't going to say that because, you know, all season one, it was me who was saying that. So (laughs) I didn't want to get bashed for, you know, coming for Justin because, you know, we all love us and Justin. But he he was killing that beer, for one. (laughs) And all these adults is letting this little 18-year-old have these drinks. But, you know, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. But when he suggests another round, Brian does say, well, last call for you. You have school tomorrow. And it's simple, but it's so cute. It's so protective. It is. I don't know who this man is. Okay. Like what Mm -hmm. happened to the real Brian Kenny? Can he please stand up? Because this is not him. Like I'm falling in love with Brian (laughs) Kenny. Like who is this guy? Like, oh my God. And Lindsay is so proud. You know, that Justin has his first day of art school. Because remember, he's going to PIFA to 
the art school is very competitive to get in, you know. And remember, they have that connection over yes. art. Lindsay um, she's and an Justin art have it. As well. Right. So, this is a big accomplishment for Justin. You know, last we heard, he wanted to do something with animation, but art was definitely in the equation. Mm-hmm. And I love when Brian grabs his chin and is like, one minute he's in a coma and the next he's going to college. <laughs> and there's so much pride there. Like, yes. he's so proud of him for getting into art school, but also for his journey and his recovery yes. and all that he's done. To get back to... He didn't let anything stop him. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a terrible thing happen to him, and he could have literally just, you know, wallowed in his um in his sorrows, yeah. but he didn't, you know? Right. He stepped up to the plate, and he did what he had to do to get back on his feet. And, he, I mean, it's day by day, he's gaining a confidence, and he's gaining, you know, just his, his everyday life back. Yeah. Know? He's come a long way, and, you know, at one point, going to college was a given because he's got amazing grades and test scores. But then after the bashing, it wasn't necessarily a given, you know, it wasn't something to take for granted. We didn't so, even know if he was going to be alive. Right, right. And so it's something for him to be extremely grateful for and and proud of. And so, yeah, Brian's definitely proud of him. True, absolutely. <laughs> so then Melanie, you know, encourages Justin. She says, you know, you got to follow that dream. And Lindsay tells the gang that her dream, you know, she's always had the same dream. And it was uh, to fall in love, to get married and have a baby. And she says she's three for three. Which is news to some of the gang because they didn't know that there was a wedding pending. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks since Melanie proposed to her. Uh, But how do you hold that secret that long? (laughs) This is your friend's circle. Like, you're always together. Well, see, I guess, like, we always see the guys together. Like, they have these regular routines and patterns, but the girls are not always necessarily included. Well, the girls are never at um, Babylon. Except unless it was that that one time when it was Lesbo Night. I think that's what they called. What was it called? Uh, I think it was lesbian night. Yeah, yeah. when when uh, Melanie came, that was the see the light dream. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're not gonna maybe go like here, yeah, but yeah, they're not around them that often. And I just, I don't know, just right. <laughs> it is kind of interesting that it didn't come up for a couple weeks. But also to Melanie and Lindsay, they were living in a very committed relationship, like in already. a marriage in some ways already. Yeah. And so yeah, it just it didn't come up. <laughs> but I'm glad she they told him because mm-hmm. everybody was surprised and everyone was happy. Yeah. Like, I, w- I was happy for him too. Yeah, well so Brian offers a toast to the happy couple and then he says, may you come to your senses before it's too late. And they're all like, no, give me my <laughs> toast back. I'm not co-signing that negativity. <laughs> yeah. And Justin is looking at him like, must you always? <laughs> always, you know. You, Brian gonna be, wait, wait, Brian is gonna be Brian. Okay? Yes. Uh, so Emmett asks Michael what his dream is because he's like, oh that's great you know justin is following his dream and then that was Lindsay's dream so it's like you know michael what is your mm-hmm. dream and michael says that his dream is to one day know what his dream is and i'm like yeah been there michael <laughs> no I, I felt that okay yeah. no, i was here for that we all gonna go through that mm-hmm. but i'm glad that they're exploring that idea in the show i think this is good for michael because it's like you finally figured out that you need to figure out yourself true <laughs> Like he, because as we talked about, like it's almost like Michael had no purpose mm-hmm. and uh, no real true sense of himself unless it was tied to somebody else or told to him by someone right. else. And so he needs to figure that out. Yeah. And then someone else was Brian. He would do anything for Brian. Yeah. Period. But then even he became what he thought David wanted or required him to be, you know, um, when he was befriending Dr. David's friends. So, yeah, true. Yeah. So now he's like, 
I realize I don't know what my dream is. I should probably figure that out. <laughs> yeah. So Brian is in a particularly snarky and sarcastic mood tonight <laughs> for whatever reason. I love when he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's because, you know, he's out with his friends and he's not doing his normal thing. He's out with them. And the probably the unspoken agreement is we are all hanging out together, which means you're not going off to the bathroom. That part. <laughs> okay. And I think he doesn't mind it, but he doesn't want anybody to know he doesn't mind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Michael pulls out his phone to call Ted because he's the only one who's not there. And he wants to find out what's holding him up. And Brian acts like that will just put the final kibosh on the fun he's not having. <laughs> you know, being out with the gang. And Melanie tells him to lay off because, you know, Ted's been a little depressed. And you see Justin put his hand on Brian. Just this little subtle gesture Mm -hmm. staying tethered to him but also keeping brian grounded in some ways because he knows that brian's acting like a jerk and being a little annoying (laughs) but he also knows but brian's here you know and if he didn't want to be here he wouldn't be here um even though he's acting like he's miserable and i love those little small gestures between the two of them instead of coming down on brian or addressing it head on like melanie did uh, in this verbal way, Justin just kind of, you know, puts his hand on him. <laughs> and that's what makes that relationship seem so real. Mm-hmm. It's those little things. A lot of things don't have to be said. Yeah. You know, it's a touch. It's a look. Right. You know, and, and you, you connect with that person. And that's what they do. They, they always do little things like that. They are more, in some ways, more in tune with each other. At least right here, they're more in tune with each other than even Melanie and Lindsay at times. Seriously. You know? Seriously, though. And they don't even have a title. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no title there. Uh, I mean, I have a title for them, but that's not the title they use. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm totally fine with them not having a title. What would we name them? Would they be... You know, now I think we would call that a situationship. Ah, yes. That I would, guess. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because they definitely got a situation. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but, you know? Anyway. Uh, so, like I said, Ted's been a little depressed lately, and so he's not there. Because remember, he lost his job, oh. and he still hasn't found a new one yet. Poor Ted. Yeah, and Emmett's a little worried about his friends, so he goes to his apartment to to check on him because he's like, you don't think he would do anything, do you? Mm. And I mean, you know, Ted uh, been flirting with the depression for a while now, so Emmett's concern is valid. Yeah, no, his concern is valid, and when he shows up, I mean. Oh, Ted, he was he's a little... in there uh, mastering yeah. some stuff. Yeah, he, he was a master of some sh- of some stuff for sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was in there baiting for sure. Yeah, so okay. we've seen the inside of Ted's apartment, and usually it's always nice and clean, but uh, it was a hot ass mess. <laughs> it really was, and we found out he's been holed up for four days, having nothing but you know a takeout and porn marathon. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, if we're just going to be completely honest, minus the whole porn aspect, this was pretty much me at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> like, hold up in the house, take out containers everywhere. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, that was majority of the uh, of everyone. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Ted, rather than being depressed, or maybe because he's a little depressed, has just disappeared into this fantasy world of porn basically he needed he needed some type of fantasy world i would go into depression too you lost your job you lose your man and then you lose your crush like i mean like what else is gonna happen yeah but this is very kind of um on brand for ted because a lot of his world is well a lot of him lives in this fantasy you know in his Mm -hmm. mind you know like even with michael it was just he kind of fantasized about this boy next door kind of guy that he would 
you know, go date and take care of. And even right. with Blake in some ways, that wounded bird thing, wanting to take care of him and having this beautiful fantasy he built up in his head with that. And so it really makes sense for Ted to be the person who's lost in this world of fantasizing over these men. Because he screen. fixes others. He doesn't really focus on himself. Uh, but Emmett is a great friend during this, like showing up over there and just kind of seeing him in his mess. I mean, I mean, he walks in on Ted in the middle of uh, one of his little Other sessions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he's he's a great friend. Uh, he sure this. is, girl, because he, he pulled up a seat. He from the joint. I know. He's like, well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got sucked into that black hole of depravity. there. <laughs> So then we go over to the loft, and Brian and Justin are engaging in their own little nighttime activities after Woody's. And when Justin is done, Brian is trying to reciprocate, you know, mm-hmm. return the favor. And Justin stops him, saying that he needs to get some rest because he has a big day tomorrow. He has school tomorrow. And that's a pretty in- impressive restraint there. It is, because I don't know <laughs> if I could turn down Brian. But what I love was Brian was so cute in the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this man is. I know I'm going to say that all the time, but season two has brought out a Brian that I am in love with. Yeah. He's cute. He's kind. He's sweet. He's affectionate. Mm-hmm. And he shows his affection. Maybe not to the gang, but Justin gets to see it. Right. You know? I love the little line here where Justin says, you know, to save my energy for my art and then brian says well what do you call this uh, <laughs> like that what part. we're doing okay <laughs> you know? this is very artistic <laughs> you know? uh but also justin points out that brian's always in the mood so you know he'll just take a rain check uh then brian goes to the bathroom and justin grabs a pad and starts to work on a sketch and um you know a little bit of time has passed because you know, we saw him at pride and so it's been at least some some weeks and so he's been working on Getting better, working right. on therapy and all that. So we see him sketching, and when he's sketching, his hand starts to shake. You know, he has a spasm or, like, a really bad tremor. I mean, it's it's pretty it's bad. bad. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. bad. And we see him look over at Brian, and when we find, to make sure Brian's not seeing what's happening, mm-hmm. we find out that he's hiding that from Brian. He hasn't told him that. And so, it, to me, it's very interesting to think about what they hide from each other, like what they disclose and then what they conceal from each well, other. I feel like they're very open when it comes to anything, when it comes to sex. I mean, uh, just conversation in general, they're very open. But I think this is something personal as in, I mean, duh, it's definitely personal. But Justin is probably feels embarrassed, inadequate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like he made this, this much progress, but he he can't even do something that is second nature to him. You know, he is an artist. Right. You know, and um, the fact that he can't even use his hand in that moment. And he doesn't want to worry Brian, probably. He wants to be strong. He wants everybody to feel like, hey, don't baby me. I'm back to normal. Right. I'm he back. doesn't want to come across as weak yeah, at all. Yeah, he doesn't. He does not want to be weak. So, yes, he's going to hide that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Brian comes out and decides that he's going to cash in on that, that rain check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Justin, you know, eventually relents. But his mind is preoccupied with the lack of motor control, you know, over, over his hand. Um, and something else that I want to point out here. Is that Brian is not a selfish lover. You know, no, like he's not. Justin said, it's cool, you can pay me back tomorrow. But but Brian wanted him. <laughs> and uh and I also wonder if part of that is Brian thinking that Justin is likely nervous about school tomorrow. Right. So he's trying to ease his mind a bit. Right. I mean, could be, or Brian is always horny. No, that is okay. you know, it's that part too. <laughs> and also Justin gave him lip service, you know, so, and, ha- and got him together. Only right to, yeah, to return, return the, favor. the favor. I mean yeah, but like you said, 50-50 partnership. That here. part. And but Justin's <laughs> mom was preoccupied, so I mean he he's not he's not worried about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But anyway, I just thought that was um, a small thing to point out that, mm-hmm. you know, he's not he's not selfish in that. You know, he doesn't just take and take from It's with Justin. who he's with. Because That's exactly never right. with Justin. The, the boys in the back room. I mean, I don't. I guarantee you, he's not sucking on nothing with them. No, 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 no. <laughs> guarantee you, he's not doing any of that. It's a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and the door is over there. Don't call me. Don't. If you speak to him, I'll punch you. Like, don't do none of that. Yeah. Act like you don't know me next that time part. you see me. But yeah, yeah. Then we go to the diner the next morning, and Brian and Michael are there for coffee and breakfast. And Michael is wondering if he should get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently that's Michael's thing because Brian points out that every time something's going on or or is wrong with him, he wants to change his hair. And Michael wants to either buzz his hair or bleach it. And I'm like, you should do neither of those. Because, (laughs) um, wow, that's extreme. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to get a trim up or something. Okay, you're going to go buzz them near ball or you're going to bleach it? You're not the bleaching type. Neither one of those, yeah. Yeah. You're you're, you're too meek of a person. No, (laughs) absolutely not. Uh, but Brian is so messy. He sells him out to Debbie. <laughs> he was like, Michael wants to change his hair. And mm-hmm. Debbie's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? <laughs> Clearly, he's that easy to read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and he finally admits that he feels stuck and left behind. He says, Lindsay and Melanie are getting married. Justin's going to art school. And he's like, he was practically dead a couple months ago. And Michael says that he start, he's still stuck at the starting gate. And just a few things. And I don't want to be this person, but I have to be this person. Michael messy <laughs> and jealous as hell. Yes. Well, he, didn't have to say that. he did not have to say <laughs> that. Because look, Justin just graduated from high school with, like we said, Honest. great grades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great test scores. It's natural for him to go to college, you know? And you Why missed the 10-year you... mark, bro. <laughs> Why are you mad at him or comparing yourself to him? And then another thing is like, when he makes the comment about him being practically dead, you see Brian looks away. Like, he doesn't just look down. He has to turn his whole head because he's not trying to hear anything that reminds him of that night mm-hmm. of the bashing, you know, or of Justin being in a coma, nearly dying. Like, Brian doesn't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, Brian can't even, like, school his features about that. And usually he's, like, the king of doing that. He can't even do that at this point. He has to completely look away or risk revealing all of his thoughts and emotions on the subject, <laughs> you know? And so shame on you, Michael, for bringing that up to make your yeah, point. Exactly. Come on, boy. It just shows his maturity. Mm-hmm. Okay, or Michael, lack thereof. Yeah, or, or, thank you. That part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, again, I come back to like, what has really left you in the dust? I mean, Mel and Lindsay have been together at this point. I, I guess we've been closer married. to like seven years. Yeah. yeah, I consider them married already. And what is Justin supposed to do if not go to college? I mean, since you know, after graduating high school, Girl, he gonna get Emmett to get him a job. Of course, so <laughs> <laughs> he gonna style the mannequins up. Yeah, well, and it just seems all very like woe is me. And I defended Michael last episode, but now I want my money back. That part, <laughs> you know, I've been on this like Michael getting on my nerves, like get on my nerves trip. Yeah. But um, you know. But anywho, so Debbie asks him, and this is important. She said, well, "Why does it have to be a race?" And he says, "Because it feels like he's in last place." And part of me wants to just like go off on him right there, <laughs> but because he's not considering anyone but himself, you know, he never does. I mean, Ted is at home, darn near depressed because he lost his job. Like other people got stuff going on too, mm-hmm. Michael. True, but he is know. selfish. I mean. Selfish in certain ways because a lot of times he will give a lot. Right, but it's when he's focused on himself he doesn't see anybody else. No yeah. one at all. Yeah. So I don't I don't hate Michael, but golly, he can get on my nerves sometimes. Especially because like Ted is at home risking breaking off his little bits and pieces <laughs> <laughs> to deal with his depression, and Justin raw. is struggling to do something that he 
has been able to do since he was a kid, you know? And so, I don't know. I just felt like Michael was a little insensitive there. Anyway. Okay. So I'm willing and just barely to be like, okay, Michael, I get it. You finally realize that you have no purpose or direction that's not tied to someone else. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But you're trying to get yourself discovery on. So I'm willing to give him this. Okay. You you can't give somebody a compliment and then shade (laughs) them all in the same sentence. I just said I'm willing to give him this. Okay. Well, (laughs) girl. Okay. Let's roll with it. We're going to roll with it. Yeah. Uh, But I get it. That is something that's relatable because I've been there. Like when you see everybody else seems to have their life figured out and you're like, well, what the heck am I doing? Well, he should have been and had that epiphany epiphany moment because uh, they've been doing the shit. Right. He knew Justin was going to school. Okay, that's not new. He was going to the Ivy League. Right. Yeah. I mean, Craig Taylor determined that earlier. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we already knew this. Like, I mean, now it's an issue. Yeah. Boy, like, boy, get it together. Yeah. You're a hater. Michael has always been the hater. He is a little bit of a mm-hmm. hater, yeah. Well, Brian is sick of hearing it. He's like, just quit your job, Michael. That's clearly one of the main problems, quit your job. And Michael mentions that he has obligations and, you know, and then Debbie's there, of course. And he's like, you know, I got to take care of people. I can't just quit. I don't have that luxury. And Debbie makes a good point there. She gives him some good advice. And she tells him that his first obligation is to himself. And she's like, well, what would make you happy, Michael? What would make you happy? What do you want to do? And he doesn't have an answer at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's lost. He he doesn't know. Yeah. I'm sure that he's stuck in a 14-year-old mindset. I'm sure that Debbie, I mean, although she's a loving mom, he can he could have done anything he wanted to. I guarantee you she structured everything out for him. He never had to make any decisions on his own, feels like. He followed whatever Brian was doing, whatever Brian said. Yeah. He never was a leader. And I went through it as well. You really have to do a whole discovery so you can see what makes you happy and how you can stand alone. And now he's in that moment. He went from Brian to David. Right. You know, like he doesn't. He and then he was trying to probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. But maybe he was thinking he would be able to go back to Brian. But that yeah, option wasn't over. available. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's over. Justin <laughs> came in hard yeah. and heavy. <laughs> he's like, excuse you, seats taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Well, then Emmett strolls in, well, drags in, rather, and he's been at Ted's trying to keep him from falling off the wagon and back into his addiction, and it's not booze or crystal. We we shouldn't say addiction. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, well, Brian comments he couldn't even get a decent addiction. That part. (laughs) Poor daddy. So then we see Brian, Emmett, and Michael show up to stage an intervention for our dear Ted, and he looks so (laughs) sheepish there. I know. Oh, he looks like a little kid. He looks small yeah. and, and, and shy and yeah. sad. And I love how they're trying to like be so serious but supportive in this moment. And there's like moaning and cheesy music going <laughs> on in the background. They could have hit pause on the video. Yeah, for real. On the VHS. And I love that. It, um, Ted's like, can I get you anything? Uh, poppers? And Brian's like, mm, and he like, moves to go That part. I was thinking, can you get some hand sanitizer? For real. Like some Clorox? Yeah. Some wipes? Like- I don't want you touching nothing of mine. All right? Yeah. And he looks dirty. He ain't showered in four days. He yeah. looks sweaty. Uh, so for all the talk that Brian has done about Ted, he shows up to be a part of this intervention, you know. And I love it. It's so serious. But the, because of the nature of what they're talking about, it makes it very comical. Yeah. So I love that part, too. <laughs> and I like they all just play the scene perfectly. Like the way that it's acted is just perfect. So Michael and Emmett are trying a very soft and non-threatening approach. And Brian is like, this is disgusting. Get up, clean up, get a job. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love how direct he is. Yeah. And well, he's a true friend. Although he may say some shit or whatever, but 
he's down for his friends. You yeah. know, like that's who he is. Exactly. Well, Emmett's like, allow us to love you until you can love yourself. You have a self-esteem issue. And he's Michael's a flower like, child. He's loved himself plenty. <laughs> but yes. anyway, they're trying this softer approach. And Brian just makes a phone call, gets J- Ted an interview for a job at his company. And he wasn't doing all the self-help talk, but he was about some action. You know, he's like, Ted he's needs something one. to do, and he takes care of yeah, it. Yeah, and it was like, he was the only one to actually put that in play. He was depressed about a job. He got him the same job that he was doing for a different firm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in one shot. Yeah. Like, I mean, boom, there mm-hmm. it is. Yep, get it done. <laughs> so then we go over and we see Justin in his, I guess, like a life forms class. And he's having a little bit of trouble controlling his hand there. Uh, he's trying to keep it all under wraps. So you can see how frustrated he is, but also how hard he's trying, mm-hmm. you know. But it doesn't escape the notice of his teacher because teachers see everything. <laughs> yeah, she's like over there <laughs> hawking him. Like, yeah. girl, <laughs> yeah. okay, there's 10 other students in here. Why are you, why are you staring real. at me? Get out of my business, lady. Yeah, please. Um, so then we see Michael rushing into work at the Big Q, and he's running late because he went to help out with Ted. And so Tracy gives him a heads up. And Andrew has somehow weaseled his little snake-like mm. self out of that box we put him and Craig Taylor in in the last episode. Girl, I said we were <laughs> going to drop it to the ocean, and they, they didn't swim up to the top. And he is poking at Michael. He tells him he needs to go clean up some vomit, and Michael is like, yeah, okay. And Tracy's like, stop putting up with that, mm. you know? Stand up for yourself. Quit putting up with that crap. Yeah, exactly, though. And it, it comes a time where you do have to put your foot down. Yeah. I mean, this man is trolling you because you allow him to. Yes, it's your boss, but at the same time, you are a grown man. Demand some respect. Demand you know? some respect. Hell, even Trace is saying, like, if it was me, I ain't gonna, it, that wouldn't happen to me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just not gonna happen. I mean, Michael is a pushover, but he doesn't want to be combative. He already feels, you know. Yeah, that's not his personality. Yeah, it's, it's just not. To it's, be it's not him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we go back and we see Justin is still there sitting in, in his classroom and uh, still working on the project there. And the dean comes in to talk to him about his little stumble in class. And the dean is questioning him and telling him that he needs to consider whether or not he'll be able to meet the requirements of the program. And maybe he's right, but I just hate him on principle. My thing is, <laughs> this is the first day. Right. What like, the hell? Yeah. What in the world? It's the first day and you already coming in questioning me? For one, you don't even know me to be addressing me by Justin. You know what I'm saying? It should have been Mr. Taylor. Are you okay? Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And you should have some empathy in your voice because you didn't. You didn't have none of that. Like, well, are you going to be able to make it? Are you going to be able to make it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You let me know. Well, and Justin tells him that his occupational therapist says that the strength will return, you know, and that he's getting better. He's just, so basically, Justin just needs a little bit more time. He wasn't trying to hear it. Yeah, and this little sorry sucker is just like, well, you need to really consider if you're going to be able to do this. I mean, he's probably a decent man just doing his job, but I don't care. And that's a terrible-ass job. You don't you don't confront somebody first day because maybe he was nervous and he was shaking. They don't know his condition like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, you don't and know surely his surely you know who this student is. You know what's happened to him, like... Have some, I know you can't make complete exceptions, but you should be able to get, like you said, it's the first day. You yeah. should be able to give him a little bit of time. And they saw his talent. Clearly, you have to audition to get in. Right. He submitted his work to get in. You saw his talent. You saw what he can do. The fact that you already critiquing me and judging me off my first day, the day ain't even over with. I'm still in class. Everybody's gone. Yeah. I'm here. He's that determined. You yeah, know, to, to get it. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Well, so Justin is disheartened by that, and I am too. So, Yeah. 
Then we see Michael, and really, if I'm being honest, coming off the last scene with Justin, that made me a little bit sad, and then going straight to Michael when he made that comment in the diner earlier about Justin. Yeah. I really just want to call him Vomit Boy and be uh. petty, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Oh my because God. he brought up the thing about Justin being in a coma, and I'm like, mm, I didn't forget that. Not at all. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to move on. <laughs> uh, so let me just start again. We see Michael, and he walks into Buzzy's, which is a comic book shop. And it's clear that he's a regular, and we find out that Buzzy is blowing out of the comic book game after 22 years. And do you love the play on words in this episode? Everything was blow or come. Like, because Ted had a sex addiction. That is so, true. They're so smart. There's so many, like, subtle things that they put in most every episode. You yeah. Know? One girl pointed out on Instagram, she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just noticed that it's called Liberty Avenue because they're all free to be themselves there. True. <laughs> There's so many, like, small little subtle mm-hmm. things with each uh But, um, each good, good look out. Um, um, Instagram user, because I didn't think of that either. So we love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Buzzy tells them, like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to live my dreams. And so, you know, it's the end of an era in some ways for Michael. And like, he's like, even Buzzy is going out to yeah. live his dreams. Yeah. But I mean, he's just in self pit, um, pity. He's in some pity sand right mm-hmm. now. You know, he's trying to pull everybody down with him. I'm not going. I'm no, not I'm going not going either. It. Like, <laughs> Pull yourself up, Michael. By the yeah, bootstraps. Yeah. Pull yourself up. You got people around you who love you. And then click Brian can make one phone call. You're not even using the people around you. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta work that network. That part. <laughs> uh so then we go to Babylon and it is lit like usual. Ted has come out of the house and Emmett is very proud of him. And we also find out that Ted got the job that Brian, Brian put him up for. Up. Yeah. And Brian says, well, you can return the favor by pretending you don't know me at work. That's hilarious. <laughs> but that's basically like, I'm sitting at the cool table. You're at the nerds. Act like do we not do not come over other. here yeah. at all. Don't speak. Don't look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no don't even contact. wave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michael is all crying in the club because he tells them that even Buzzy, like we said, is getting to live his dream. And, um, yeah. This thing made me mad. You in the club. For real. Boy, if you don't get your negative nasty ass about my face, I'm over here trying to enjoy the music and look at some meat. And this is what you're doing? Boy, I swear, if you don't get up out my face, we're going to have issues. Yeah. Period. Even Buzzy is living his dream. Okay. Yeah. Get up and do something. I know. I'm trying with Michael, but he been on my last nerve. Michael been on my last nerve since season one. I, I mean, girl, I can't believe I ever loved him. Yeah. I mean, he's... Yeah. Anyway. So... Uh, you know, I think it's like, I mean, I guess I get it when you see like everybody around you, their life is moving on, but no, nah. you don't have a pity party. That should give you the fire you that you need to you get your shit together. You can't get upset at everybody else. No, you know, yeah. that should make you be like, look, I need to get my, get my stuff figured Thank out. Thank you. You need some internal thinking and <laughs> yeah. you get it together. Yeah. Get your eat, pray, love on. Yeah. Figure out what <laughs> you need to do in life right? and go get it done. Yeah. I'm telling you. Get That's your, how you handle that. Your meditation on the Yeah. But... So then we see Justin coming in and he looks a little bit keyed up. I'm going to say he's must yeah. have been popping something. I was thinking the same thing. Like, yo, he came in like just his face i was like for one we just not seeing you and you're already sweating right so you own something like, yeah you know, and the way he's like moving how he's hopping mm-hmm. around you know and it's not him yeah the way it's shot yeah like it's, it's, it's exactly it's not him yeah and uh yeah it's like nah 
Justin ain't okay. Somebody go check on our baby. <laughs> and the same way that they checked on Ted, I want them to do the same thing for yeah. Justin. He's the youngest. Y'all need to be keeping an eye on him anyway. There's so many temptations out there. And he doesn't know. He's not experienced like yeah. you guys. Y'all got well, 10 I, years on him. Yeah, and I guess they thought that things were okay because, you know, he was going to school. That was the last Brian knew. last the rest of them knew he was going to school. So I guess they thought everything was okay. But anyway, Brian spots him when he comes over and he immediately steps out to meet him. And kiss him. And I love, like, how the, the music kind of highlights right. that little kiss right there. And that is not just a little random little kiss. It goes back to, <laughs> listen, I don't even want to call it a situationship. It is too cute for that. Yeah. Okay? Like, again, I'm going to say it warm. This is the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. Okay? Who is well, he? Well, it's not even a quick little peck. This is a deliberate... I'm seeing you yes. out at the club. I'm acknowledging that I see you. You know, and he's we're connecting the, really quickly. Yeah. Yes, he's in the club. And all of his little randoms that he did knocked off can actually see him week week after week with the same guy mm-hmm. and hella affectionate. Yeah. Hella affectionate. I love that he doesn't care. He's around the whole gang and he lets it be known. I mean, he moves away from them yes. to go closer to Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making that effort. I am love. I don't know. You know how nowadays everybody is like, what was it? Kim Ye when Kim and Kanye got together. Oh, gosh. And, and, <laughs> was it? Benifer. I'm making my, uh, I make a strategic point to know as little about the Kardashians as possible. Oh, well, I'm just saying the cute <laughs> names and then Benifer when it was yeah, Brad and uh-huh. Jen. Yes. Who are they? They're Brighton. Oh my God! Yes, I love that. So um, that that chemistry is just so natural. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, and even like I think even you know, despite this nice little kiss right here, I think Brian can immediately tell something is up with Justin. Yeah, well, you know? he knows him. He spends yeah, every night with him, but he doesn't directly interrogate him. He says, "Hey, why aren't you home packing your lunch for mm-hmm. school tomorrow?" And that's his way of like, what are you doing here? What's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Without embarrassing him. And, and yeah, Exactly. And Justin tells him that he's not going to school tomorrow because he quit. And Brian's face is like, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, Justin says, well, I can't draw. So what? I don't see the point. What's the point of me going? He says, I can just go out and pop pills and get drunk and, you know, put my hand in guys' pants, you know. And um, now Justin loves the nightlife and he loves to boogie. But you can tell by the way that he says those words that's not him. He That's not going to be a life he can live, you know? Yeah, he was being uh, hella sarcastic. I, he will lose his mind if he doesn't have some his not only his art, but just something to do, some mm-hmm. purpose in life. That's that's not Justin. Uh, and so, Michael, the the whole gang is kind of like, oh, brother, what's happening? Yeah. But Michael asks Brian, well, what's up with Justin? What's that about? And Brian says, it's pain management. And he knows that because he recognizes it because that's Brian. Yeah. You know? Brian is way smart. I mean, he's the type of person who's quiet. He he um observes first. Yeah, he's perceptive what, in his own way. Very. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, Emmett and Michael, they do the most talking out of the group. And then Ted and Brian, they fall back. In a lot of ways, to me, Ted and Brian are very similar. They both sit back and listen, and they have a lot to offer if given the opportunity. And the fact that Brian recognized that Justin is actually going through something, he didn't pressure him when he said, oh, I quit. He didn't pressure him at all. He didn't lecture him at all. Yeah. He just let it let him say what he needs to say. Mm-hmm. Because he knows it's all gonna work out in the end, you know, whatever the case. And also he he knows that he's going through something terrible. I mean, yeah. his passion has been taken away from him. Yeah. As much as he wanna be strong, he can't even use his his hand and do something that he's been doing his entire life. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's gonna let him work through it on his own. Yeah, and I think, cause I definitely think that he's worried, but 
he knows, okay, here in the middle of Babylon is not the cha- time yeah, to have that conversation. It's not the time and place. And he kind of respects those boundaries. He he lets Justin go and, you know, dance dance with this guy. Um, yeah, he does, doesn't drag him out of Babylon. He's like, oh my God, we got to deal with this right now. You know, he's like... That's some shit Michael would have done. Yeah, and he's like, I see him. At least he's right there. I can kind of keep this from getting too far out of hand. I know something's up, but Right now, I'm gonna let him have mm-hmm. this little this little thing, but you know Justin's not as good as this at this form of pain management as Brian is because it's not how Justin usually copes with things. Right. And we see him dancing with that guy that he picks up, and it's like he's trying to swallow a brick, trying to say this is okay, this can be life now, this is fine, you mm-hmm. know. And it's totally he knows that it's not fine, but he's yeah. trying to convince like himself. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So over at the big queue, Michael and Tracy are preparing for the family fun day at the store. And Sally, the new cashier, is supposed to be the clown for the day, but she called in. And so Andrew tells Michael that he has to step in. I am not convinced that Andrew didn't call Sally and, like, give her the day off. So. I'm telling you, that, that would be, that sounds like Andrew. I believe that's what Andrew did. Man, I can't stand Andrew. Although Michael been on my nerves, I hate the way Andrew treats right, Michael Right, because I don't like people doing that. I don't I like don't. people bullying people Do not like bully that. people, period. Mm-hmm. Bullying is just something that just needs to stop. Right. And it just shows how insecure Andrew is. He feels right. threatened by Michael. Yeah, you get your rocks off by trying to belittle me and, yeah, not cool. Don't like people At like all, that. Yeah. Uh, so poor Michael has to don the clown costume. He didn't have to. <laughs> well, no, he, he didn't did. have to, but he chose to. Yes. Um, and Melanie and Lindsay walk in and they see Michael <laughs> and he tries to hide from them. But friends are the worst because they can sniff you out from miles away. For real. They heard his voice. It was yeah. he was so dry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's feeling pretty humiliated and it's not that michael is like a super vain or prideful person but you don't want your friends to see you going out like that you no know? not at all <laughs> when you were the store manager and best because you right. stepped down because you were in love and you want to try something different and when you come back you treat it like shit right and now you're in a clown outfit for real i mean you have literally made a clown out of me no for real <laughs> like okay like yeah. what the hell No, that was just terrible, but they peeped him from the start, okay? They really did. Poor Michael. So we uh, go over and we see Brian at work at Ryder's Advertising Agency, and Ted breaks the code in the hallway there when he says hi to Brian. (laughs) And Brian just, like, completely keeps walking. He's like, nope, don't know who that is. Like, I told you up front. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so when Brian comes in to check out the progress of the Art for a Campaign, he sees a guy using this computer with some pretty cool software and a stylus. And he's like, oh, well, that's interesting. That's pretty neat. I'm going to say it again, girl. Who is this guy? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's going to be my theme of this this episode. Yeah. Uh, So over in Ted's office, he's getting the details for his new job and sees that um, it's going to be more of the same. You know, as the guy Mm -hmm. is describing everything to him, he's like, just like my last job, just like my last job. Is that good, though? Well, that's as we see his face, that's not really comforting. It seems to be depressing (laughs) to him. Yeah. He even calls his new boss by his old boss's name. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, maybe this might not have been the right the right step, right. the right move, you know? I think things happen for a reason. I mean, maybe Ted had outgrown that, mm-hmm. you know? He needs to do something else. This is just going to be more of the same yeah. if, he, if he goes into this. Uh, over at Michael and Emmett's apartment, Emmett is looking through pictures from Pride, and he comments to Michael when Michael walks in that he looks good in makeup, and Michael at first thinks he's about the clown the makeup. Clown. <laughs> yeah. Uh like we said, Emmett's looking at the pictures from Pride, and Michael points out that he's like he was kissing his boss in that photo, 
And I think that's really what he's been doing is kissing up to his boss. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's this, what he's this been doing. This whole time. And so maybe at Pride, Michael had the upper hand. But, you know, in day-to-day normal life, Andrew's got the upper hand. Ugh. He's been kissing up to him since he came back to the big Q. He had no, well, he feels like he had no choice. Me personally, I would have went above and beyond him, you know, and yeah. I would have went to the higher ups, HR, right. everybody. I mean, I'd be there every day. And I got a report. witness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tracy would yeah, do Yeah, because you know Tracy would be there. Yeah, she just ride back him up. I, I had a witness. So yeah. Ain't no way you're doing that to me. So Michael was kind of mad because he had a sucky day at work and he just can't figure out himself and his life. And he lays there on the couch and he's looking at his Captain Astro poster thing. And um, he, he kind of gets an idea. We get the we get the, we get the feeling. It's suggested yeah, uh-huh. that he gets an idea at that point. Uh, back at the loft, we see how Brian is keeping that fit physique of his. He's there doing some <laughs> doing some uh, some crunches. Mm-hmm. He was doing some crunches. And good. Justin walks in, and Brian says, "The lost boy returns." And we see Justin pour this water all over himself, and it's very reminiscent of Brian in season well, one did, yeah. in that pilot episode. And I think that's intentional. And not that Justin's actually trying to be Brian, but it just kind of underlines the fact that he's behaving like Brian mm-hmm. or responding like like Brian, you know? I think it's Justin just being like, you know, it, that's his way of refusing to acknowledge and deal with his stuff, kind of like Brian does. Uh, and so Brian walks over him, to him with a towel and he's drying him off. And it's a very sweet thing. And he's just trying Who to find the way. is <laughs> this guy? Yeah, well, he's just trying to find a way to care for him you know with all of he's like clearly things are going on i'm not really sure how to respond right now but he's just trying right. to find a way to to care for him so he drives him off and he's like are you feeling better now and brian assumed that he's been at daphne's this whole time but justin tells him that he went to woody's and he let guys buy him drinks and they all hit on him and justin says you know well, at least i still have my looks and it's just like oh poor baby i know i was like my baby yeah oh. mm-hmm. but that also sounds like somebody else it sounds just who, like the one he's talking to mm-hmm, okay thinks that all and i was thinking right yeah. and i was thinking why are you trying to get under brian's skin you know yeah. like but now thinking back back on it he wasn't he no. it was it was going back to him like i don't have shit all I have is my good looks. That's it. Right. And my body. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what he does. He he tries to get Brian to distract him from his pain mm-hmm. by offering his body, basically. Uh, and But Brian tells him, he's like, you know, later for that, let me show you something that I got you. And he walks him over to the computer and immediately Justin wants no part of it. Mm-hmm. You know. And now I get that some people could say that Justin's being dramatic and bratty, you know, with his response right here. But it really... I, he's afraid to get his hopes up. That's what. As soon as he sees it, he's like, "That's false hope. I don't want any part of that." Because that can be very soul crushing. To you know, he's been working really hard, and then he gets on day one of school, and they're like, "You know, we don't think you made enough progress. We don't know if you're going to actually be able to cut it." Right. And then Brian comes to propose what he feels like is a solution, and Justin's like, "He's still dealing with the fact that." Art could still be taken away from him. The mm-hmm. whole future he's mapped out for himself could still be taken away from him and still trying to grasp that and, you know, absorb that and get over that hurdle or whatever, or just swallow that down. And it's like, I can't get my hopes back up yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, and I, I totally like 100% feel that. Well, 99% feel that. Yeah. And then the other percent is like, bro, 
This man is trying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's got faith in you. He's believing in you. When are you going to believe in yourself? Yeah. You know, there are two sides to this, you know, and I feel bad for both of them in this scene, mm-hmm. you know, for for different reasons. But I love both of them in this scene, but my heart breaks for both of them in this scene. Also. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll just talk through a little bit more. Um. So Justin has been trying to convince himself that his world is not over and that he needs to just forget art school, leave all that behind. And Brian is trying to make him do a U-turn, you know, and that feels, it almost feels too soon. And it feels, I think Justin's a little bit too raw to even consider that right now. And I don't think that he wants Brian to fix it because he doesn't think it can be fixed. And also, I don't think that he wants to be something that Brian has to fix. You know, it goes back to him not wanting to come across as weak. And Um, it's the first scene, the first time ever we've seen Justin not be... Not play into Brian, but be more of a Brian. Like right. he was the old Brian, and Justin is acting. I mean, and Brian is acting more like how Justin normally is. Yeah, you know. So, well, and the thing is, like, we have not seen Justin at Babylon. I don't think in season two yet. No, this and the first so this one. is the first time that mm-hmm. he goes to Babylon, and he's going there for some form of pain management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was going with that, but I want to bring it up. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So Brian starts out being very patient with Justin. He really is trying, and it is so sweet. I absolutely love him for it. But then eventually he's like, stop being a princess and at least try it. (laughs) You know, like, at least give it a shot. And Justin says, why? Do you just want to fix it to be able to say you took care of things? You fixed poor little Justin's problem? And um, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier this season and what we've already said. Justin doesn't like the idea of being weak or babied. He doesn't want people to infantilize him. And he definitely doesn't want Brian to keep seeing him as a victim or someone that he needs to to fix or take care of. He right. wants to be an equal you know, mean, in their That's understandable. Mm-hmm. I definitely can see that, you know. Um, so I definitely I definitely can agree with that. But at the same time, you have a great circle around you. Yeah. Use that circle. I mm-hmm. mean, everyone around you, including your mom. But these other people are your your new extended family. Right. They care so much for you. Don't push him away because what he's doing yeah. is pushing him away. I understand you're hurting, but don't do not do that. Yeah, like Brian's intentions are very good. I absolutely love his mm-hmm. intentions here. and what he, He's trying to offer a solution. Like you have a same thing he did with Ted. You have a problem. Here's a practical solution that I'm trying to offer right. you. Now, in both situations, it wasn't exactly the right solution for one reason or another, you know, um, because for Ted, he gets there to work and he's like, this is just more of the same. Yeah. When he just realized from Mr. Wirtz after before that maybe this isn't what you want to do with mm-hmm. your life because it doesn't bring you any kind of joy, yeah. you know? And then here with Justin, he offers him the computer, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Well, call me materialistic because <laughs> this man went out and bought a touchscreen type joint. He did. And that would not have been. That would not have been cheap back then. Okay, no. Yeah. He went and bought a touchscreen drawer with a pencil stylo type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you gonna turn your nose up on that, <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Come to twenty seven twenty seven. Okay, <laughs> apartment twelve thirty seven. I'm waiting. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, but yeah, there's just a lot to, and I'm not saying that Brian was wrong in what he did. I absolutely, like I said, love what he, the gesture that he, that he offers here. I absolutely love it. I don't know why he did it, but it's just a hard moment for both of them, you know, and I think that they're both having to, I don't know, there's just a lot going on. They're rediscovering within themselves. We're getting a brand new Brian and we're getting a 
definitely a different version of Justin we have ever seen. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. Brian is still learn- having to adjust to this post-bashing Justin, mm-hmm. whose moods swing like, you know, I don't we know saw what. He pushed you know? his mom a couple episodes yeah, back. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so there's just a lot going on with him, and he can be triggered by very random things. And this is a big thing, you know, that has triggered him. And so, yeah, Brian's still having to learn how to how to deal with that because even toward the end of the scene justin says well you know come and get me before i pass out basically and brian flinches at that because that's not at all how he saw the night going no <laughs> not know, at all he thought justin would see the computer and be happy and realize oh all is not lost you know mm-hmm. but that is not how that how that went um but i think brian gets to see that wound is still very fresh for Justin mm-hmm. and just how deep, um, how deep it is. Mm-hmm. And for Justin's like every time he tries to set, take a step or climb up another rung on the ladder, he gets pulled back down. We saw that with the pride episode yeah. last time when he saw Chris Hobbs and that set him back. And then here he's worked so hard to be able to get back on track, get, get back on track yeah. and to show up for that first day of art school, just to be told on day one, not good enough. All I the mean, work you've put in, not good one? enough. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then also, beyond that, when Justin was trying to make the decision about college or whatever, that was when the whole conversation of his parents getting divorced was going on. And so he felt like, if I sacrifice my dream, Mm -hmm. give up what I want, do what my dad wants, I might can save my parents' marriage. But he decided, no, I want to pursue art. It's that important to me. It's that much ingrained Mm -hmm. in me. I want to pursue that, even if it messes up their marriage. And so I think there's also a little bit of that tied into it too. It's like, he's made big sacrifices, not just the like occupational therapy side of it, but he's made big sacrifices. It's been a great cost for him to say, I'm going to pursue this degree. And so there's a whole lot. It has this whole year. This has been one crazy year. Mm -hmm. He's introduced to all these grown adults. You know, he went through the whole bout with his father. Yeah. You know, he fell in love. He was attacked. I mean, all these different emotions. His parents are going through a, a, through a divorce. You know, he doesn't know what to do with school. Like you were saying, should he go to Dartmouth or should he follow his passions and his dreams? Like, I mean, it's just so much. A young person shouldn't have to go through all of that right. that he went through. He's not, he's barely 18 and, and has went through so many different life challenges that you would think that he's already 40, you know? <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, just yeah, a whole lot going on. So yeah, like I said, absolutely love Brian's intentions and his gesture here, and I just my heart breaks for both of them because of just where they are and what they have going on. Anyway, uh, over at the Big U, Michael is there working with Tracy, and some of his coworkers are kind of ragging on him. Mm-hmm. And Tracy again comes to his defense, and then of course Andrew walks up, and he's got the clown suit again. And he tells Michael, well, since you did so well last time, you've got to do it again. Michael did not do well last time. He Gus did didn't even get his balloon. Gus didn't even get his balloon, okay? And that's basically Uncle Michael. <laughs> but I love this scene, okay? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So Andrew is still just being a weasel here. But Michael finally gets some grit. And he tells Andrew, no, I'm not putting it on. And Andrew I... says, do it or you get fired. And Michael's just like, you know what? Had enough. Um. Yeah, no. I'm glad he stood up to him. It was a long time coming, finally. Like, I mean, this right here gave me my Michael back that I loved from the beginning. I got to see him been strong. He stood up for what he what he was feeling. 
And Tracy was right there rooting him on. So, yeah. I mean, I was here for this whole scene. It was my favorite scene, actually. <laughs> uh, so he kisses Tracy and then he kisses Andrew. It makes it very clear that those were the same lips that were on him at the Pride Parade. <laughs> and why is Andrew just so comfortable? Andrew never once fight back. He's, he's <laughs> holding. This kiss is lasting for at least seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Andrew might have some explaining to do. Okay. And so Michael, like, runs out looking just free at last. You know, <laughs> he's like, I'm done with the big Q. For real, though, and I was so happy. It was like a weight lifted off his shoulders and mine, hell, because I couldn't stand Andrew. But I feel bad that he's leaving Tracy. Oh, he could have brought Tracy with him, but Tracy's like, look, I need my job. For real. (laughs) I would have been like, who's And she don't let them treat her like that, so. Yeah, yeah. she stand up for hers. Anyway, uh, back over at the diner, Justin is there working, and Lindsay and Emmett are there, and Emmett is eating his donut with a fork, (laughs) showing Lindsay his survival technique (laughs) there. Um, but uh, Justin has another spasm with his hand while he's pouring Emmett's coffee and Debbie comes over to help him. And she's like, well, maybe you need to just give your hand a rest. And Justin, Girl. yeah, oh, he no. uh, tells her to mind her own business no. in more colorful terms. He told terms. her to mind, yes, mind her fucking business. Okay. Yeah. I jumped up. Did I not? Yeah, you did jump up. And I jumped up. Debbie says, well, what did you say? And he repeated it. Yeah, he did. Less color this time, but the same amount of bass. The audacity. Okay, like, I could not have been Debbie. I didn't house you (laughs) for at least four months because, you know, you're out of school now. So I moved to say a semester. So at least four or five months, I have housed you for free. Okay, you've been eating. I got you a job. And you're going to fix your lips to say something like that to me? Say something like that to me. Yeah. Girl, I would have. I mean, okay. I know he's going through it. I know he's going through it. So I'm trying to be a little more sympathetic. But you do not disrespect Debbie. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't well, talk to her like that. And I think that's what makes me love Debbie right here is because she, she could have crazy. just lit into him. Mm-hmm. She really could have. Um, and I almost expected her to do it, I did but too. um, and I would have allowed it just this once because y'all know too. I love Justin. I got to protect me too. Justin. But he was, in but the anyway, wrong. he really was in the wrong. But ju- but Debbie knows this is not her sunshine. Right. This is not normal, Justin. This Girl, is because she even calls him Justin. She doesn't call him sunshine. She calls oh, him by his did. name right here. Yeah. And um, he knows that he overstepped. Like immediately, you can see it in his face. Yeah, you know, he, he knows he's yeah, he's about to cry. He knows that he overstepped. He knows he messed up, and she knows that he's sorry. Mm-hmm. And Debbie says, "Look, I know that you're dealing with some stuff, and that it sucks." You know, she doesn't offer him pretty but empty and useless statements. She tells him that all he can do is just hang on until the scenery changes. And um, you know, like I said, you can tell he's trying not to cry over. The situation, but also regret of what he just, how he just handled Debbie, you know, or mishandled her. And just over everything that's going on with him, you can tell he's trying to be strong, but holding all that in is causing him to explode on the people who are trying to help him. True. And so that's why he explodes on Debbie. That's why he explodes on Brian, because he's trying to hold all that in. Like this whole season thus far, he's been trying to pretend like everything is okay. Yeah. But now he can't do that anymore. He can't hide it anymore. And so it's coming out in anger, you Mm -hmm. know, and that. And it's coming out on the wrong people, unfortunately. You know? I will say the good thing about it is, at least he's finally expressing, though. Expressing something. Yeah, yeah something. getting something out there. Instead yeah. of just saying, oh, no, I'm great. I'm fine. Everything is great. Mm-hmm. No, you need to go through this healing stage. You need to grieve. You need to heal. So you can move on. So I'm glad he's he is saying something. Yeah. You know? Well, and Emmett and Lindsay are there. And they are listening. But they stay out of it. And I'm proud of them for for doing that i mean that's how they would be anyway i feel like emmett doesn't really overstep unless he's worried worried for you you know like if it's life-threatening the whole ted thing 
Um, you know, I have to rush over and see them. I mean, for the most part, he's going to stay in his lane. Well, they're going to let Debbie handle this because they're mm-hmm. like, this is between him and Debbie. And we tr- they weren't sure how Debbie was going to handle right, it, but they I were going to let let Debbie handle it. Handle it. And I, I feel like she did. She was perfect. Um, I My think- thing is with Debbie, though, if Michael would have said that when Michael hurt her feelings at that ball in season one, mm-hmm. she went all the way in. Okay. Yeah. But my thing, well, and I don't want to be unfair. That's her biological. Yeah, that is her biological child. But, and I don't want to be unfair, but Michael was, now true, you can, there's an argument to be made that Justin's being selfish here too, but Michael wasn't going through nothing. He was just trying to impress Dr. David's friends. Well, true, but (laughs) he was trying to impress his doctor friends, girl. Yeah, but anyway, I think that Justin probably wanted to get into a screaming match with Debbie in the middle of the diner, but but Debbie dealt with the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. She wasn't going to give in to that because she was like, you just want that because it'll be able to distract from what's really going Mm -hmm. on. So she just dug to the heart of the matter, and I really respect her for that. Well, that's why Debbie is mother, okay? Yeah. She's not just mother to Michael. She's a mother Mm -hmm. to all of them, you know? And she oversees all of them. Yeah. And she's just as cool. Yeah, and she just tells them, you know, I know that you keep having to relive the fact that you were bashed. In one way or another, you keep having to relive that over and over again. Um, but yeah, she just tells him the scenery will eventually change. In the meantime, accept a little help. Uh, that was such a good scene. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was really, really, really touching moments in that. Although he was angry and he was disrespectful, like you said, she handled it very well. She recognized that this is not Justin. Yeah. Well, Sunshine. And this is a post-bashing Justin. Yes. And she didn't just like smack him over the back of the head because that wasn't going to be effective. You no, know, she really all. just she really loved him well in that in mm-hmm. that scene. Um, but she didn't totally let him get away with it. <laughs> she does threaten him because she wouldn't be Debbie if she didn't do that. I was, I, uh, I thought she was going to do what she said because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I jumped, I slapped you. I'm always slapping you. I, do you have bruises on you? I, when you I really leave? do. You know, every morning after recording, I'm like, oh, what is this bruise? Oh yeah, <laughs> that scene when Ken like went crazy. <laughs> yes, my God. Um, but anyway, so Lindsay, after you know things are settled again with with Justin and Debbie, and they're going to be okay because. They understand each other. Mm-hmm. They're going to be okay. Well, Lindsay recognizes that Justin needs a, a break. And so she takes him to an art gallery. And as Justin has given her his input about the pieces that you know he sees there at the art gallery, um, she calls out the anger that she's like, I know, she's like, he says well, something about the painting looking angry. And she's like, kind of like the anger you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Another painting is a sad boy. And she points that out. Hey, that looks that's you in front of a mirror, basically. Right. And so she just gives gives voice to those emotions that he's been trying to hide. She's like, we know that you're sad. We know that you're angry. I know that that stuff is in there. You know? Yeah, she's making him confront it. Yeah. You, know, you can you can say that I know they're in there, but if you're doing nothing about it, it's just festering. Yeah. You know? And I imagine there's a whole lot to be angry about. I mean, he's angry at Chris Hobbs. He's angry at the situation. He's angry at himself. He's angry at that dean at the school. Right. He's angry at being the seen. Judge. Yeah, the judge at being seen in moments of weakness. You know, so you right. don't want people to see you be weak like that. You know, that makes that can make him angry. While they are talking, they are approached by the artist Adrienne Bennett and and she is paralyzed and you know, in a wheelchair. And Justin asks, um, well, she asks Justin about his art, and he tells her that he quit. And she says, "Well, if I couldn't paint anymore, I'd wheel myself off a cliff." Mm-hmm. And he asks her, "How does she? How does she do it? How does she still create?" And she tells him about a little device she uses. And he says, "Well, that sounds hard." And she says, "What's easy besides complaining?" And just that whole scene, I love it because it makes Justin see several things, you know, and. It's the same stuff that everybody's been telling him, but it's one thing 
for you to tell me that when you don't, you've never lived mm-hmm. my experience. But here's a person who has lived this experience mm-hmm. in, in some way, you know, and it has a more extreme mm-hmm. effect, you know, and hers way more long term, way more pushing. extreme. And she's still doing it, you know, and there's so much that he sees and gains from that scene and that experience. And it was empowering I, to him. Yeah. And I think it's all summarized in what Adrienne says. She says, it isn't the end of the world unless you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he needed to hear and he needed to see, but he needed to see it from somebody that he felt like you re- you might really understand yep. what's going on. It's one thing for Debbie to say it, one thing for Brian to say it or for Lindsay to say it, but to have Adrienne say it was Someone totally different. Someone he re- actually relate to. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. They've been down similar paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she also lets Justin pick a painting. He gets to take a painting home with him. Well, that was uh, sweet because she had a sold out show, which means she getting some coins yeah. for those artworks, you know, <laughs> and she gave it for free. So mm-hmm. that was really sweet. Yeah. So back at uh, Michael and Emmett's apartment, Debbie comes barging in after hearing that Michael quit his job at the Big Q. And she asks why why he quit. And he says to follow his dream. And she's like, to be unemployed? <laughs> I died yeah. when she said that, girl. Like yeah. I was like, Debbie don't hold nothing back, okay? Mm-hmm. She don't hold uh, nothing back. So then Brian comes out of the bathroom. And he's like, leave him alone, Deb. And she immediately blames Brian for this. And this is, as much as I love Debbie, there are times when I'm like, but she is a little unfair she sometimes. Isn't. He told him to quit his job. Well, no, you're she, right about that. He told that. him to quit right. his job. And earlier at the diner, he did tell me to quit yeah. his job, but... You listen, I always remember when Debbie, when we come on to Brian, okay? We did this in season one. We're not going to do it in season two today, Michelle. No, okay? we might just have to fight about this again. No. Because, but okay, I'll give you that one. But she does say, well, Brian tells her, I had nothing to do with it. And, and she Debbie comes back says, with, since she, he was 14 she years says, old. Yeah, you've been saying that since you were 14. And I'm going to just say a lot of what Michael does, Michael does on his own. <laughs> let's stop playing. Okay. We all know Michael's the puppet and Brian is the puppeteer. Okay. Let's stop playing. Well, that may be true, but I still think Debbie is unfair sometimes. She knows. Brian is her second son. Okay. True. She knows him very well. Uh-uh, she does. She is not unfair. She does. But I feel like she excuses Michael a lot of times and attacks Brian. Oh. Uh. Okay, listen, what we're not going to do, what we're not going to do is jump, jump down Debbie Look, like that. you better be glad that we have several more scenes to get uh-huh. through because I would be glad to consider, continue okay, this well, conversation Moving on you. then, because we're going to agree to disagree. We will come back <laughs> to this conversation later. Anyway, so Michael tells him that he is auctioning off his comic book, the one that Brian bought him that cost a ton of money, cost a mint, Brian says. Yes. Can we talk about that for a second? Let's go. Okay, let me put this out there first so people don't come for me in the comment section. <laughs> I know that when you give someone a gift, it is theirs to do whatever they want to with it. I know that. But, and maybe this is just because I'm a little sentimental. Me too, then. But I feel like he should have at least, if not asked, at least mentioned it to Brian that he was going to do this. You exactly. Because that shit was terrible. It feels a little disrespectful it's to me. It's hella disrespectful. He bought you the one copy that you wanted your whole entire life. Yeah. Your entire life. <laughs> and, and he spent big bread on it. Yeah. And then you're going to go and auction it off? Like, bro. And you didn't even consult with me first? For real. Let me know. Please. I mean, you just got me over here and you selling the, yeah, the comic book. But anyway, like. I don't know because Michael been on my nerves this whole episode, so this it could season. be that, I, that. Yeah, for real. Let's just be honest, the whole season. <laughs> so it could be that I'm not thinking clearly, but I just find it a little rude. Um, and not just because of the price factor, but 
And true, there was the whole David thing involved when Brian purchased this, but really, Brian bought this to be a final gesture or gift to Michael, you know? And so this really meant a lot for Brian to give this to Michael. And clearly, Michael been wanting this for forever and a day. So this is something that's very important. I don't... I can't see that you would give this up. You got all these damn posters, but you're going to sell the right. issue. Uh, was it issue one? It was yeah. the first issue, right? The very it first was a one. big deal yeah. issue. Yeah. Big deal one. So, like, no, that was crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of slap in the face. felt away about that. But, I mean, I guess it ultimately doesn't matter because Brian is willing to let it go. Once he sees that Michael is going to use that to fund his dream. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, fine, whatever. But at first, he's, you can tell he's a little bit bothered by it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. We don't even know what what he had to go through to even find that edition. Right, right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Michael plans to use the money from the sale of this comic book on eBay to buy Buzzies, the comic book store. He loves comics and owning that store would be a dream come true for him. So that's what he's going to do. Uh, and again, Brian is all about solutions. So he's like, all right, let's get these coins. <laughs> and he knows exactly how to do it, though. Yeah, he ups the bid. You know, he tells Debbie the secret to getting someone to want something is to convince them that someone else wants it more. And yeah, it, it's it true. works. Yeah. It, it works. I mean, he's such a businessman. He, and he just he knows how to finesse the game is what it is. That's what yeah. makes him sexy. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a doer. Yeah, you know? he is very much a doer. I mean, this whole episode, he is throwing out solutions or proposing solutions left and right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we see Ted at the bookstore and Melanie is there along for the ride and he is returning his video collection. <laughs> and Melanie's just standing there like a like a good friend. And yeah, I like that scene. I, I It's interesting to me that she's the person that goes with him to yeah. do that. <laughs> you know? I mean, it would only be Emmett or her. Yeah, you know, so. right. Well, then we saw that when he was looking for the birthday present for Michael and they were at some little toy shop, uh-huh. uh, Melanie was the one there with him. So, yeah, I don't know. Ted tells her that he he's telling her what he loves about what she calls boy bang flicks. And he says that they perform a very important service. It provides an... Um, an exotic you know, fantasy land for the purpose of pleasing people. Uh, him being like the number one customer. Yeah, that <laughs> He part. says it's his chance to be Brian Kenny, to have anyone he wants. And he's very passionate when he's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Very unlike when he's talking about his new job, right. you know, at Brian's office or even his old job. He's very passionate about, yeah, pornography and the pleasure yeah. that it brings. I think it's something there for him. Like, yeah. I, I really do. I think it's something there for him. I mean, clearly there's an audience for it. Yeah. And, I mean, he says, no, I do it for these reasons. I really enjoy it. It lets me escape. lets me pretend to be something that I'm not for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. I, it gives me a good release. And then I, you know, well, I mean, he didn't move on for four days, but eventually he can move on. <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh. Oh my but yeah, God. so anyway, <laughs> Melanie is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But anyway, yeah, Ted's very passionate about, about uh, the porn industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back at Michael's apartment, the bid is going up with Brian nudging it uh, in that direction. And Michael ends up getting $10,000 for his comic book. $10,000? Yeah. No, yeah, $10,000. <laughs> like, I mean, I was impressed, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. for real. I know. I need to like go look at my old comic book collection and see what I can hawk on that the, part. On the I got internet. a couple cards, baseball cards. I'm like, are people still doing Beanie Babies? I know, right? My mom used to collect those. They had the TYS. Yeah. Um, but oh my god, for real, ten ten bands. Yeah, ten wow. K. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael kisses Brian, and we both hated it. Yes, hated. It. I don't want to. You know, I can't stand to see them two kiss. Like I can't yeah. stand. It. 
And Michael was holding on to that too. Did you oh, of that? course he was. He, he always was holding is. on to it. Yeah. Uh, so over at Woody's, we see Emmett, Michael, Brian, Melanie, and Lindsay, and they are celebrating Michael purchasing the shop, purchasing Buzzies. And let me tell you who else is getting them coins this episode. Gus's babysitter, because Melanie and Lindsay have been out every night, it that seems part, like. <laughs> okay. But, but you know what? They need this, so I'm not going to judge do. them. No, I'm not judging time, them at all. Last time they went out, they brought the baby with them to a party. At least they're leaving the baby at home Thank now. God. Because when they were taking the baby out everywhere, I was like, okay, ladies. <laughs> Who's cleaning up on them coins is that babysitter. That babysitter yes. is getting them coins. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, And again, Brian kisses Michael. And he congratulates him. That's his way of congratulating him on going for it, for pursuing, pursuing his dreams. And really, we've not seen a very brave and courageous Michael. I mean, you you could say, well, him deciding to go with Dr. David was brave, but I mean, really? Dr. No. David has set everything up yeah. and done everything. Even moved so. the shit out of the house. Right. I mean, so, like, no. I don't know how brave that was, but so, this is something that Brian could respect. He's like, you made a decision for you. You stood up for yourself. You went for it. I mean, I'm he proud gave his all or nothing. Like, he put up his most prized possession for that. Yeah. So it showed his true passion. Like, yeah. he really wanted this. And that's what Brian tells him. Like, this could have all backfired, but but you did it anyway. So he's proud of him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because I, I remember saying, uh, well, the scene before when he walked out, like, Michael redeemed himself with me. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, so he did say that. Seeing Michael do that. I, I'm, you know, jury's still out for me. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to move on. Hater. So, uh-uh. Don't you dare. So, Ted shows up and he tells them about about his dream. But I love before we get there and Brian's like, I thought you'd be at home greasing the pole. Greasing the pole. Girl, <laughs> and I, his I, hand on that little I died, okay? Brian is so Brian funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> the pole. He didn't have to do that. No. If, if Ted is trying to make a comeback. Okay? I know. Ted's out here trying to live his best life, pursue his <laughs> dreams. <laughs> but anyway... He shows up and he tells them that he has decided to quit his job and start his own porno website. So, you know, how are you gonna quit a job? Somebody got you on some <laughs> shit that you already know how to do. You know, that's the other thing. Again, here's another one of Brian's gifts or gestures, kind of getting stepped all over. But really, hold on. This was yeah. this what this episode was about. Yeah. Brian's saving the day and y'all crushing his shit because y'all oh, mad no. because Brian is being sweet and nice. Okay. <laughs> and listen, if I get you a job, don't just do me like that. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know. do no notice, no nothing, girl. <laughs> it's, oh, it's my last day. I'm yeah. quitting. But I mean, also, I get that I don't want you to be miserable just to make me look good to my girl, he could have crunched them numbers and kept it pushing. He could have crunched them numbers for a little while. Yeah. And done the other thing on the side, you know, yeah. do your little side hustle. Exactly. Crunch numbers in the daytime. the bat. Anyway, so they were all startled by Ted's announcement. I like Brian and Michael's little toast that they do there. And they say, you know, at least he's following his dreams. And Brian says, however wet they may be. Yo, uh, again, I was on the damn floor. Okay. Yeah. Hilarious. His, who, I don't know which writer wrote his actual lines, but... That is hilarious. His punchlines yeah. are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the way he delivers them, like, it's, he's, he's amazing. I love the humor of, yes. the, of this show. Yeah. The humor I, is... And, the, and some of, so much of it is like, you won't hear that anywhere else. Like, you can't hear that humor anywhere else. So true. Yeah. So true. So, back at the loft, Brian is showering, and Justin is looking at the piece of art that he got from Adrienne Bennett from her show. And he's just kind of thinking it all over. Justin's 
he he wears his emotions on his sleeves and sometimes he you know is very uh into like knee-jerk reactions or very emotional reactions but he's also very introspective because this is very similar to the episode when he had to make the decision about going to college and it was just when he was there alone mm-hmm. with himself and his own thoughts is That's when he, he was decided. able to find mm-hmm. some direction yeah and so um justin just sitting there like i said thinking it all over and then we have brian come out of the shower and then he ooh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. somebody might have made us pause the episode well, girl, i was trying to get the slow-mo going but we couldn't figure it out yes y'all brian didn't expose it all so Make sure y'all pause that scene, okay? <laughs> the boy is bad. The boy is bad. Anyway, for those of us not in the gutter. My bad. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, Brian is sitting on the bed eating an apple, and um, Justin just kind of looks up and sees him, and then he gets up and goes over to the computer, and he decides he's going to give it a try, and he goes back to drawing one of his favorite, if not his favorite, uh, muse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of his favorite muses. And he smiles a little bit. And I'm sure it just feels good to be able to recapture this thing that he thought was taken from him. And also the person that he loves assisted him on recapturing, you know, that love Mm -hmm. that he felt was taken away from him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Brian didn't have to buy that expensive ass computer, but he did. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love just a little smile on his face that we see where it's like, okay, maybe there's a path forward. Exactly. Um, And I just absolutely love this episode. It's very human. You know, some people have their dreams figured out from childhood, like Lindsay. But even for her, they probably came in a more non-traditional form than she might have initially thought. And then for Ted, it took one door being closed to make him see that he was wasting away and giving all his energy to something that didn't make him happy. And then for Justin, it was a dream that seemed to be stolen and irrevocably so. And he realized that he might have to figure out a different path to the same destination. For Michael, it was about like truly digging within yourself to figure out what makes you happy and having the courage to finally go for it, having an opportunity present itself and then just taking a leap of faith. So, yeah, I really like that about um, about what we see here. And then as the show is ending, we see the Elvis crooners again, uh, <laughs> just to highlight and underline Michael's journey from the beginning where he was lost and unsure yeah. to now not only he having identifying a, identified a dream, now he's following it and pursuing yeah. it. Uh, so, yeah, I really, I really like that. I've, I like how the music comes in that scene with Justin. It's just very slow. And I don't know. I, just, I really like how that's. Mm-hmm. It's layered over the top of this um, of that scene and goes into this one with Michael. Right. And then Michael walks into his new store, ready for the next adventure. I am so proud of him, though. Like, yeah. I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this. Because what we know from Michael is that he's a com- comic book fanatic. He can mm-hmm. do so much more than what, um, what's his name? Fuzzy? Buzzy. Buzzy. Than what Buzzy did. You know, like, <laughs> I just feel like this is... Yeah, what Buzzy Michael seemed pretty half baked. Uh, yeah. yeah, seriously though, you know, Buzzy was there for the money. You yeah, know, like the little coin that was coming in. Michael was gonna be there if he didn't make not one dollar. He would just be happy to just talk to you about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, to give you some type of education and backstory on on this com- um, particular comic or whatever the case. So I'm happy for him, and I'm glad he found his goal. So this gives him some type of purpose now. So I'm so happy for him for sure. Yeah, uh, and I love, like, as soon as the episode ends and we go to the credits, the first line that we hear in the song is, if it feels good, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's that just could underlined. be for Ted. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is for Ted, you know. Uh, at one point in this episode, I forgot to point it out, Ted is wearing like an ace bandage on his hand. He's giving himself carpal tunnel Girl, syndrome. I didn't even notice. But yeah, that part. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but yeah, Angela. That, yeah, oh, Angela got a good working out this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was 205. Really, really, really good episode. It was funny. It was so good. I it mean, was deep. It was moving. It was. it was emotional. Yeah, it was. It was very, like I said, very human, very yes. real, and very relatable. Absolutely, it, it was a really good episode. I definitely loved it. I loved it actually. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, well, guys, we hope y'all enjoyed this as well. So if you did, then definitely leave us some comments, um, like, and subscribe if you haven't already. And um, as we always say, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.